Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light on your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm Keandra Birnbaum, your host. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach. You might know me from Instagram at Flourish with Keandra, but if not, a big hello to you. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the power of journaling in eating disorder recovery, something that was really a big part of my own eating disorder recovery journey. And I'm joined by Sophie B, who is an amazing expert in eating disorder recovery journaling. So Sophie, please tell me a little bit about yourself. Firstly, thanks so much for having me on. I am really excited to be here today. As Keandra said, my name is Sophie. Um, Some of you might know me as Sophie B of Recover You, and I'm an online recovery and journal coach for people experiencing disordered eating and eating disorders. I'm also an author within this space and an avid journaler too, which forms a big part of the reason why I'm here today to talk about journaling and recovery. I'm originally from the UK. I lived in Australia for about 17 years, hence my unusual accent. And now I'm back in the UK, but I'm actually moving to Copenhagen in three weeks. That's a super exciting move. I know we were talking about it a little bit before before the episode and, you know, that excitement, but ambivalence with moving to a new place. I know it always yes. brings a whole host of challenges. So that's, you know, an exciting new new aspect of your journey, I'm sure, and um, one you'd probably journal about. <laughs> yes, yes, you're exactly right. I definitely will be journaling on that, especially on the days where I'm finding I'm struggling to get any mental clarity. And everything's kind of swirling and you feel like you've got a million things on. I do find putting it down on the pages uh, really helps. Definitely. And that's what we'll go more into today about why I suppose journaling is an essential part of eating disorder recovery and treatment. And I think keeping a journal isn't an old age practice, but it's Mm. often seen as a critical part of kind of any mental health treatment, not just eating disorders, because it does provide a way to examine your feelings as they happen. Like putting those thoughts down on paper can, for me, help you understand them and see how, I suppose, they impact your life and eating habits, relationships and everything that's going on. So thank you so much for, for coming on this. And you're the expert much more than me. So I'm excited for this. So first off, how has journaling helped you better understand your thoughts and behaviors around food and your body? I mean, do you have your own kind of lived experience if you're happy to share? Oh yeah, of course, of course. I do indeed. So I worked in healthcare for about 10 years um, in Australia and that was what sparked my passion for working within this space. And whilst I was there, I sort of worked more within an administrative role But then I thought, oh, no, I want to be on the other side of the door as such. So I went to university in my 30s and completed a psychology and behavioral science degree. From there, I did an internship in eating disorder research, and I ended up working in academia in eating disorder research. Now, all the while, I actually had my own eating disorder. And I wasn't aware that I did for a very long time, like as strange as that might sound, there's a couple of aspects to it. Like in my research, I tended to look at hospitalized cases only. So I thought, oh, well, well, that's not me. And truthfully, I'd lived with disordered eating and body image issues since I was a child. 
like my 20s were just yo-yo dieting. That's That was basically my entire focus. So I just kind of thought it was normal, right? And then in my late 20s, I started with orthorexia, which for any, I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners know what that is. Um, should I explain or? Yeah, I think, well, yeah. so orthorexia, um, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, it is a, I suppose, a high focus on the health aspects of food and an obsessiveness mm. around clean eating and one would you know merge it into the the wellness trend that you know is yeah. going around a lot of the minute you know those those blurred lines but it is a extreme obsession and persistence with the nature and quality of food and a fear around foods that don't fit um, health benefits or macros for that specific person I think that would be the best way to describe it but you might have an additional aspect to that no like a hundred percent that totally captures it so it becomes very restrictive I guess yeah sort of in terms of clean eating and that sort of thing whilst we use those terms in this context um, I'm sure we both don't actually believe those things to be true right there's like no such thing as clean eating <laughs> so from that place of orthorexia in my early 30s, that then developed into bulimia. And before I finally recovered, it became binge eating disorder. So it did sort of manifest multiple ways in my life, right? If we fast forward to me being recovered, right? <laughs> Once I'd fully recovered and felt strong enough in my own recovery to help others, I dissected the journals I'd written and how I had used them. and. From that, I created the recovery journaling method and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so for me, just to get back to the question, <laughs> yeah, journaling has helped me in so many different ways. Like if it wasn't for journaling, I don't think I'd ever have gotten to know myself like I do now. Like in terms of my thoughts around food and my body, in the early days of recovery, I found that I wrote about fear a lot, that I was like, scared of gaining weight, that I felt out of control. I felt that I couldn't trust myself around food. Also, I wrote because I was scared of what was happening to me because I didn't feel like myself anymore. And what journaling gave me was a space to write out these thoughts, which in turn actually like helped me shake off some of the shame I felt because I felt like it was out in the open and it didn't feel as dark anymore. Mm. Yeah. And gives you that release and I think that's also why any therapeutical method or, or coaching also is a in addition or as an alternative it's getting it out you know it's letting it out of your mind which you know is that first step of of change so mm. thank you for sharing that it's obviously been a, a real journey that you've been on and journaling has helped you map out that journey I suppose and I suppose this could be similar to, to what I asked before, but what actually inspired you to start incorporate journaling into your eating sort of recovery? Like how did you start discovering about journaling at the start? You know, mm. picking up pen and paper is simple, but what really inspired you to, to do that? Well, I guess there's two parts to this. The first was when I started out in recovery, I didn't have any spare funds for private treatment and nothing was available to me publicly in the immediate future. So I started journaling to cope and to get out 
you know, all of the thoughts in my head that seemed to cycle on repeat. I then used it to break the binge purge cycle that I'd been experiencing. And then once I was more stable in my recovery, I used it to explore how I'd got to the place I was at. But what actually inspired the idea of journaling, though, was a lecture I attended at a research conference where somebody with lived experience shared how they'd used it in their own recovery with anorexia. And then when I hit my rock bottom and found myself searching for ways to get better, like ASAP, I recalled that lecture and I thought, oh, I'm going to give that a crack. So it was kind of you'd seen somebody else's benefits and that was like, you know what, this is worth having a shot, you know, what's Mm -hmm. to lose? I think that's why, you know, the recovery space online can often be a really, really positive space. Obviously, everything has its downsides, but leaning from others and sharing lived experience can, you know, often be a pivotal moment in somebody's recovery. So I'm I'm so glad you kind of picked up pen and paper and used it for your for your benefit. So can you share any specific kind of journaling exercises that have been particularly helpful in your recovery? You know, obviously you mentioned starting, but did you do anything specific? Yeah, for sure. Now I'll preface this by saying everyone's recovery is different and everyone has different recovery needs. So I'll share one of the things that was most helpful in mine when I started out, because as I mentioned at the time, I was living with bulimia and part of that was a a binge purge cycle. And so the exercise is something I like to call space to cope. And what it is, is a section of blank pages that you allocate in your notepad or notebook where you can write freely. Okay. And you mark it with a sticky note, like have it poking out at the top. That's your space to cope. And then when like the urge arises, right? The idea is that you use it anytime you feel compelled, engage in a harmful ED behavior, right? And in my case, that was a binge purge. So when that urge arises, there's typically a moment where you feel thoughts and emotions that you can't express, right? It's like this surge of panic or overwhelm. You might feel angry, you might feel sad. Whatever it is, typically the thoughts get very loud. And you find yourself searching for your most known reliable solution, which is an ED behavior. So the goal here is to learn to like interrupt this pattern and use your journal to do so. And you've got like a brief window of opportunity to catch it. And the trick is to start to recognize when it's coming, then grab your journal, write out whatever's in your head, could be like complete gibberish, doesn't matter. And then ask yourself, what's going on? Why am I feeling like this? And you can even write it at the top of your space to cope as a reminder. And I guess what that does is it interrupts the cycle, right? It just gives you a moment to pause. And I found it incredibly beneficial in my own recovery. And, you know, I have clients that have used it as well to break that cycle And I guess another thing just to add there, the something else I would do during that whole process is I would bargain with myself. I would say, I'll give it five minutes. I'll give journaling five minutes. 
And if I still want to do said behavior afterwards, I can, but I have to give myself five minutes. And normally I find after that five minutes, you've managed to talk yourself around. I guess the key here is really like breaking the cycle and not letting it become your automatic default. It's not necessarily going to work every single time, but it takes practice. Mm, Definitely. And I think I'll definitely add to this. I've never been a writer. I've never been a natural pen and paper kind of girl. I wish I was. Mm. And I, I really admire people who can write novels and stories. But that's why journaling for me was slightly different. And and we will go into that more in the, you know, as the episode progresses. But for me, it was very much more concise. So, mm. you know, writing points so three you know it sounds simplistic but even three things that you know went well today and three things that maybe were setbacks and over time seeing patterns of behavior was really useful for me and it meant that I found it sustainable and achievable I didn't naturally sit with writing and seeing what would come out of my mind and I think that's because I've always been a very much a speaker communicator I always talked a lot more than I've written but everyone has the natural ability to communicate when they're down Mm. and therefore journaling can be that that private space and you know for me it's it's also you know as you mentioned I had the privilege of being able to at the time because I was young being within CAM, so the NHS service, mm. I had a, a therapist that I was working with that kind of gave me that space. So, you know, it's different for everyone, but I'd say make it the least resistant as you can. So yeah. don't uh, make blockers, you know, don't create a, this is a chore because you won't yes. do it. You want it to be sustainable, achievable, and be the path with the least resistance. That's what the word that I was getting at at the beginning, but it didn't sure. flow. <laughs> Ironic when I say I'm a natural communicator. <laughs> but yeah, that would be my point to add on that. And I don't know if you have anything you'd like to say around that. 100% agree. Like I always say, like, don't make this another thing on your to-do list that's a pressure and that's a chore and start small don't put big expectations or pressures on yourself oh I'm gonna journal for 30 minutes every day like it's it's too much you know and committing to five minutes 10 minutes in the morning upon waking is a lot more sustainable as a habit doing one 30 minute session and then going that was too much I feel exhausted. I I can't continue this. So definitely, yes. And that I think just to add to this, you can use journaling in a number of different ways. The space to curb um, that I mentioned before is a, a kind of unusual one, but you know, you can do free journaling. You can do daily check-ins, you can do prompts. There's lots of different sort of ways that you can journal. There's no right or wrong. It's just about making it a supportive tool for you in your recovery. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a piece of advice. But have you got any other advice to give to somebody who's new to journaling and just wants to use it for a tool of their own, you know, their own recovery, for instance, like who's in a position like you were without available funds? How would somebody start? Yeah, um, similar to what you mentioned, actually. You know how you said you would check in with yourself and do the three things. I have like five daily questions that I used to do in a morning and that I recommend. And that is, how am I feeling today? What was one challenge yesterday? What was one positive yesterday? What's something nice I can do for myself today? And what are three things 
I'm grateful for today. Yeah. That's great. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. And those questions there to get you into the journaling habit and to make it feel accessible, but also to get you used to connecting with yourself and how you feel on the daily, because we often don't do that. Definitely. Definitely Mm -hmm. like that connections lost within ourselves Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, then from there, if you feel like getting into some prompts, go for it. Like journal on your why, like, why do you want to recover? Get really clear on that. Write down your recovery fears and hesitations, then follow it up with the positives recovery will bring to your life. Um, yeah. And like I said before, the main thing is don't put too much pressure on yourself around your journaling practice. It's got to, you know, feel supportive and uh, beneficial to your recovery. Definitely. And there is a lot of guided journals as well out there that you can get. There's many that can be specific to eating disorders. I know, Sophie, that you've created some amazing resources and obviously I'll leave all your links down below, but there's so many journal prompts and guides you can get out there. You know, I've created Mm. some myself. So there is always like, there is always help out there if you're stuck as well. So it's kind of reach out. There is resources there if you look for them and it's Mm. taking that first step. And I think that's the most important thing. It's setting yourself an intention to say, I'm just going to try and see how I get on and just get my thoughts down on paper and, you know, and see if you can make it a habit because with anything if it's a habit it's much easier to to stick with and that's like anything there you know creating that that pathway in your mind for for self-compassion and and mindfulness yes definitely so I think I, I think it's important um to think about potential triggers about writing about difficult emotions so how could you recommend people balance the benefits of journaling with potential triggers Ooh, that's a great question um because you're exactly right it definitely can bring up some challenging thoughts and emotions in terms of balancing there's a few things you can implement to help first up is the time of day you journal that now in a morning, I just recommend checking in with yourself on the pages. There's five daily questions that I mentioned. This is an ideal time to do them because you don't want to start the day with some really intense journal prompts when you might be, say, in a rush. And that kind of leads on to my next point, which is environment is really important in journaling, right? So if you're going to be delving into some more intense prompts, make sure you're in a comfortable space where you feel safe. Maybe you want to light a candle, have a nice comfy blanket over your legs, really sort of like mother yourself and um, create a cozy setup for your journaling. I think that can really, really help, especially if you do find yourself feeling sad or, I mean, all sorts of different emotions. You might feel angry, you know, like this, it can bring up all sorts. And I guess if you do find yourself in a position where you're feeling triggered, you feel your heart rate go up and like that sympathetic nervous system is activated. Pause. You can come back to your breath. I'm a big fan of box breathing. Yeah. So come back to that. And that's, you know, box breathing. So breathe in for four, hold for four, and then breathe out for four. And then sort of repeat that cycle, right? And you don't have to power on through the journaling. Like if it's too much, focus on your breathing get back into that place of calm within yourself, that parasympathetic nervous system, and 
create that feeling of safety again where your body knows it's safe to rest. I think that would be my main advice on this topic. Mm, and I suppose that's that, you know, that's around the importance of of self-compassion and mindfulness. You know, and, and really incorporating that. And like with anything, it's meant to help, not hinder. So take it, you know, do whatever you feel is right in that moment. You know yourself best and start to trust your intuition. I'm a big one that we should trust our gut a lot of the time and you'll know what feels right, but also your eating disorder might push back. And, Mm. you know, it's about discerning whether it is your eating disorder speaking or is it you know, is it that part of you that goes, nope, I'm just not ready to to look at that right now. And that's also okay because we we all have a pace of which we can do things. And that's what I do within my coaching practice. You know, you can only coach someone at the rate they're willing to be coached. Coaching isn't a pushy thing and nor should journaling be. It should be natural and feel feel like you're actually getting what you need out of it. I've got a couple more kind of points that I want to talk about, but you know, I think it's really important to talk about, you know, loved ones. And so how do you find that journaling has helped you communicate more effectively with loved ones and and potential treatment providers if you ever, you know, if you did have them or somebody does about your needs and experiences in your recovery? Hmm. That is another great question. (laughs) Well, I think one way that it can actually be really great is if you're in a position where you haven't told people in your life what's going on with you, your journal can be a great place to get out what you want to say and almost sort of practice what you want to say. I'm a big fan of writing out any difficult conversations you want to have because it makes them feel less scary when you actually um, come to have them. I actually used that in my own recovery when it came to the last people that I told were my parents about my eating disorder because, I'll be honest, (laughs) sorry, mom and dad, (laughs) they were most likely to be the least receptive. And, you know, I did write out the conversation that I wanted to have with them and the things that I wanted to tell them. And I told them part of it you know, the part which I thought would uh, be beneficial for birth parties. So I think it can help in that regard. In terms of treatment providers, what's great with journaling is it gives you insight into your behaviors, your beliefs, your thoughts, and your entries are something you can take along to appointments to chat over. And also sometimes it can be difficult to remember what has happened throughout the week too. So it sort of serves as a record of what's really been going on. Definitely. And I always ask my clients to have some guided journaling practices within treatment. Things I can, and I didn't mention this before, but writing a letter to yourself Mm -hmm. or somebody else or your eating disorder specifically can actually help to, you know, say things that you haven't been able to before. It's a really like nice and beneficial way to make changes and progress and heal. You know, finally, Sophie, I think this has been a really, really useful and and beneficial episode, but what message do you have for anyone who may be struggling with an eating disorder and, and considering starting a journaling practice? I would say that the benefit greatly outweighs the fear you might feel around getting started. I think that fear and fear of the blank page and fear of what to write can often 
stop getting started. But if you are feeling like you don't know where to start, like um, Kendra was saying, there are lots and lots and lots of different journaling prompts out there. We've given some, you know, ideas of, you know, starting with those daily questions and checking in with yourself on the pages. And I do have a free course available on my website that guides you through journaling and recovery as well. So if you are lost as to where to start, there are some places that you can find some help. Definitely. And, you know, there is always help out there. And, you know, Sophie, I'm going to leave all your all your links below because, as mentioned, Sophie is the absolute expert in journaling for eating disorder recovery and, you know, your go-to. I have really found benefit in my own way with journaling and everyone's journaling practice is going to be completely different. And I'm going to say this as well. If you don't like journaling, that is okay. Journaling is not yep. for everyone, but mm-hmm. it's, it can be an important tool for finding truth in yourself without judgment. So as with most things, keeping a journal does take time to master. I know for myself, I had a real resistance against it. I was like, no, this is going to waste my time, but actually <laughs> making it, making it easy, concise and something that I could follow. I saw that the effort did pay off. So try and switch things up. There's also apps that you can Mm. use, journaling apps. If you find that writing in the morning doesn't work for you, try it in the evening or just before bed. In any way, shape or form, try and make journaling part of your daily routine and see whatever way is right for you, do it. There is no right way or wrong way. It's just whatever feels good and over time you might find that journaling is the best part of your day and the most helpful tool in your toolbox so give it a go and see how you get on and and I'm sure we'll both be you know happy to ask any questions and like I said I'm going to leave Sophie's details below she has got a free course on journaling which you know I've looked at myself is so um good and there'll there'll be things I just take for my daily life in there I think is you know it's a really really good course Sophie so amazing resource there um thank you so so thank you so much um Sophie for being on on this have you got any last words um to say to everyone really I just want to say thank you for listening thank you for being open to the idea of journaling and thank you Keandra for having me on no it's been an absolute pleasure Like I always say, I'm here via email on my socials and I'll leave that down below with any questions that you do have. So please feel free to get in touch. But for now, I will love you and leave you and I will see you in the next episode of Recover to Flourish. See you later.